I guess this week is about high class problems of creators who ship. And today's problem is a very high class one, which is starting a second YouTube channel after having a successful first YouTube channel. I think obviously not a lot of people, including myself, uh, are even at this level. But there is a general question of when to pivot your audience after building a successful one initially. And I think that's a generally applicable idea. I also like this idea of rehypothecating content. Rehypothecating is a word that I like to use, but probably the better word is reusing content. Anyway, I thought this was a very honest and upfront discussion about what it's like to do that kind of split to split your time, the concerns behind it, and the math behind when you should do it. So here it is. As a quick recap for anyone new who is listening, I have had a YouTube channel for, I think, about eight years, and I've grown up to 2,203,000 2, subscribers in that time. So it's been like a slow growth, but you know, that's quite a sizable audience. And several months ago, I decided to start a second YouTube channel to split off a portion of my content. And um, yeah, I don't know. There might be people out there who think, why would you start another one when you already have one that's got all these people? Why start a game from scratch, you know? And so we're gonna talk about that today, about the why behind it, how to try and get as much of your audience as possible over from one to another when you start a new project. We'll talk about YouTube specifically, but I guess it could apply to in general creators, like starting a new project after already having built an audience somewhere else, you know? But yeah. Thank you for giving me the platform to talk about this today, you two, because I feel like it's been an interesting experience and I have learned a lot. <laughs> oh, well, Charlie, why don't you kick us off? Why do you start a second YouTube channel? <laughs> okay, backstory. I have this podcast series called Inside Marketing Design. Quick plug, insidemarketingdesign.co, season two is happening right now. I ran <laughs> this last year and I uploaded the episodes to my main YouTube channel because it's like me making the content and made sense for me to put it in one place, right? I found that my, first of all, those videos didn't get as many views as my regular like vlogs and, you know, other videos did. And also the YouTube algorithm, I feel like I confused it by suddenly uploading content <laughs> that was a very different format, a very different length. Like these episodes mm. were like 45 minutes long compared to the like 10 minute videos I was making. And that all of a sudden it was like, I don't know. I felt like my whole channel took a while to recover after the season ended, but my views on my more regular videos were then lower as well, which I was like, damn, this sucks because I feel like this content is really great. Like I believe in it, you know? I had some advice from Roberto Blake. I'll definitely plug him. He has a lot of really useful advice for YouTubers. You just search Roberto Blake on YouTube and you'll find him. He was like, I think you should put this content on a second channel because it is such a different format. It's like its own brand. And like in doing that, you might have a better chance in the YouTube algorithm to keep it separate. And also it could be a very different audience, right? People wanting to watch these, their interviews with uh, designers who work at other tech companies about the behind the scenes of their work. There might be a different audience for that compared to someone wanting to just watch me hang out in my office with my cats and do my work, you know, like that's kind of very different content. So it made sense to me to put it on a separate channel. And so that is the why behind why I did it. <laughs> a question that someone might have that someone might be me, but I think someone <laughs> else might have this question. Okay. So here we go. I know that YouTube has the ability to kind of segment things within YouTube. So you can have different playlists mm -hmm. and you can have sort of like subsections of your work there. So why would you take the extreme of starting an entirely different channel instead of maybe the you thinking, oh, the overarching thing is this is 
Charlie. And these mm -hmm. are the different things that Charlie does. And here are the different playlists of the things that I do. You know, go down the rabbit hole that you prefer, choose your own adventure. Why, why what's the main benefit of completely separating? Because you kind of benefit from the fact that you're using your current audience to do this other thing, right? Instead mm. of starting all over. So you're kind of taking a hit there as far as like possible eyes in front of your work, right? Yep, that's a really good point. I think that doing that, like you said, having it in a playlist on the channel, that can solve the problem of there being different audiences. You know, that makes it easy for the audience who likes the interview content to find that on my channel, but it doesn't solve the problem of the YouTube algorithm. And like, as I'm talking about this, please listeners take all of this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying this is the only way to go about it. If you want to do a different type of content, I just know that from my experience, the YouTube algorithm stopped recommending me as much. And like my previous videos weren't getting as many views once I was starting mm. to put out this interview mm. content. And so that's why the why, like a different playlist couldn't solve that basically, unfortunately. I see. Yeah. As far as the YouTube algorithm goes specifically, I mean, is this a trial and error, right? Is there somewhere where it says? I guess so. That's the real unfortunate thing here, right? Because it is. realistically, there are so many creators that are really diverse in the type of things that they do. So having like one persona, one YouTube channel, but all the different things that they do doesn't seem like it should be something. I guess I don't understand why YouTube is doing this. I don't understand yeah. what the benefit is. Come on, YouTube. Right? Because <laughs> I I think for us, our mission, we always talk about this is supporting creators, right? So like, it doesn't feel like it's, I don't understand it. So I don't understand the, the value of that it brings to YouTube, I guess, other than just more channels. Yeah. And that's the thing for the YouTube algorithm is it's like, it is a, a bit of a black box in that you don't know for sure. Like I could have made a huge freaking mistake by putting this stuff on a different channel. Right. And I guess I will never really know if I did the right thing <laughs> or not, like truly, but yeah, I don't know. So far, I feel like I'm happy with my decision, but it's definitely, it was definitely not an easy one to make. And like, yeah. as the episodes have been going live for the new series and they get like a few hundred views in the first few days compared to a few thousand that I might get on my main channel, but that I definitely didn't get last year when I uploaded the interview series there. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a trade-off. Nathan and I were actually talking about this yesterday. We went to, we were at a coffee shop having a remote work, I don't know, like work with coworkers kind of, not even that. I don't even know. It was more of like a Nathan goes to this coffee shop on Tuesdays. And then and, you followed him. Yeah. <laughs> and I went too. So, you know, but for his podcast, he has, I want to say two different YouTube channels for each of them. One of them is like the full episodes. And then the other one he has set up as only the clips. Mm. But we were talking about how the one with the clips has almost no views, virtually never see views. And so it's really interesting to think about kind of what you were just saying is, is you're looking at these videos and you're used to being a prolific creator that's getting thousands of views on your videos and you're seeing zero, <laughs> zero views, 10 views, a hundred views, you know, a small number yeah, yeah, comparing yeah. it to your, obviously your larger, larger audience. But I asked him why I think it was Sean McCabe that recommended do that. And I didn't get an answer for that either. So <laughs> the algorithm is probably a similar response there, you know, that is probably why. But that's actually from the same content. Yeah. It's his podcast and he has full length episodes as one channel and then he has clips as a totally separate channel. Yeah. And I think it's because the 
format is so different, you know, like the type of person who just wants to watch like a 30 second, one minute snippet of advice might be different from a person wanting to watch the longer. Yeah. I don't know. I personally have been doing clips for my interview series and I have been uploading them to the same channel. So now I'm like, oh shit, have I screwed up there again? (laughs) But I feel happy with this approach so far because my hope is that if someone sees the short, the YouTube short, then they might get interested in seeing the full episode and then it's easy to access because it's on the same channel, if that makes sense. And Charlie, I imagine that you are cross-promoting and telling your audience, hey, by the way, I'm doing this other thing. So I guess two questions. One, are you doing that? I mean, I imagine that you are. And two, is there a way that you would recommend doing that? That is, you know, like not quite as, Mm. you don't want to seem annoying or you don't want to like, you don't want to harp on it too much. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, how do you do that in a like, non-annoying way to your audience that you're cross-promoting this other thing that you're doing that you're not here for this, but hey, go check this out. Okay, so when I created this channel, there's a thing that YouTube does where you have to have, I believe it's 100 subscribers and the channel has to have existed for like a certain number of days before you can claim a URL. And so what I did was I sort of like invited my audience to to help me out on this like channel transition thing, you know? So many months before the second season actually launched, I on Twitter was saying, hey, I'm moving inside marketing design to its own channel. Please go and subscribe if you like the content. And if I get to 100, then I get to set the URL, you know, like I actually said that. And yeah, people, maybe it was too, I don't know, I can't remember what it is, whatever it is, I got to it fairly quickly because I made that ask, right? And because my audience knew why I was asking and they like wanted to support me in um, being able to make that transition. So that was really good. As a side note, I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes that creators don't do is make explicit asks. Yeah. And quite honestly, be transparent behind why they're mm-hmm. doing it. So I just let take that as a lesson that that works really well is when you, you know, I I was thinking about it in the format of deliverability, when you ask somebody to do something and then you give them the transparent reason why you're doing that, whether that's like to whitelist, right? You know, the email address or whatever that is. Um, But sometimes making that explicit ask, people are happy to help because they want to support you in doing that. Totally. Yeah. Agreed. So where we're at right now is I've launched four episodes so far of the latest season on the new channel. The channel has 922 subscribers, something like that. So obviously like way less than the 203,000 on the other channel, but the videos are like the difference in in the numbers between views on the main channel and views on the um, separate channel are not as different as I was expecting, which is really good. So for example, the currently the like most watched episode on YouTube, um, the second YouTube channel has 807 views. And that was the episode from a couple of weeks ago. So it's had like a couple of weeks. But if I look at last year's season, they had all like around 2000 views, I would say was about the average for an episode to have. So I'm like almost 50% there in just a couple of weeks. And those episodes were up for a whole year, you know? So that gives me confidence that I feel like it went well. And that making the ask of like telling people on Twitter and also via email. I send an email out to people saying the same thing, like subscribe to this channel if you like inside marketing design means that the subscribers on that channel, although there are very few of them, they are the people who are actually fans of that content specifically, which was the goal, right? To have the people who are fans of that on over there. I feel like I went off on a tangent, didn't answer your question, Miguel. (laughs) Was there, (laughs) 
Anything else that you want to read on, sir? <laughs> no, I don't even remember what my question was. I'm just kidding. Oh, great. I see that Lauren's <laughs> asked a question here in the chat. Lauren says, have you ever thought about taking snippets of the podcast when it launches and put those on the main channel as a way to let people know the new one is available? This is a good point. So I think I can do more, basically, to try and be getting people over from this main audience to the, to the separate side project. What I have been doing is for each episode, I've been making kind of like a companion video on my main channel where I take a clip from the episode and I sort of put some context around it. So for example, I'm trying to like remember what the latest one was. Oh yeah, I interviewed one of the designers at Stripe, you know Stripe, we use Stripe at ConvertKit, about how they get their web design stuff done. And Stripe is well known for creating designs that then get copied across the internet. Like they set the design trends essentially. So I took a clip from that interview with Tatiana from Stripe and I talked about design trends. And then I sort of was like, this is what Tatiana had to say. And then like rolled the clip, you know, and made it like sort of like less than 10 minute video. So that's what I've been doing so far to try and get people from the main audience over. But it is like a bigger leap, right? To watch one video and then click through to watch another one. So I think I should do a Lauren suggested and like just, I don't know, maybe make a community post putting a link to the, the new video or something like that. But yeah, that is the goal to get people from the main channel over to the second one. Are you plugging it in your current, like in your other videos still, or like your videos, your other playlists, your other content? Are you still asking people to move over? I have not uploaded any other content so far. Like so far, like since the season two launched, I have just mm -hmm. been uploading these um, sort of like, I'm calling them trailers in a way, but really they're their own separate video with a clip embedded in them. That's the only content I've been uploading. I mean more on your like your, how do I feel about design trends videos, right? Like mm -hmm. anything else, are you plugging that content? Are you plugging oh, yeah, your yeah. Um, inside marketing design still in that content? Yes, that content, the purpose of it is to plug inside marketing design, essentially. I would say that also I aim to make them valuable on their own if you only want to watch that. Yeah. But the purpose is, like I mentioned it at the start, that this comes from a full interview. You can click here to watch it. And then at the end, I like have it on the screen and I'm like, click here to go watch the full episode. So I am mm -hmm. trying to get people over from it. Yeah. yeah. What advice do you have for creators with an existing audience as far as like starting a new channel? Mm. If you're trying to narrow it down into kind of like three takeaways on whether or not they should do it, you know, how do you put together that decision tree? Yep. Okay. First of all, know your reasons maybe for why you, you're starting a second channel. I think be sure that you've tried what you can to make it work on the main channel first because it is hard to like start from scratch. Like it's kind of depressing, honestly, to open up a channel that gets has zero subscribers compared to one that has multiple thousands. I don't know. It just feels weird as a creator, to be honest. And no numbers shouldn't matter in that way, but it just does. So be sure you know why you're doing it. Ask your audience to head on over to it. Tell them about it wherever you can, because if you say it once, doesn't mean that every single person in your audience saw it right? I have done many tweets. I've mentioned it in multiple emails. I've mentioned it on Instagram, on stories. I did a community post on the main YouTube channel, you know, trying all these things and like more and more come over each time. I've found that since the new content has been going out, it's getting more subscribers, if that makes sense, which is understandable because like now they're seeing fresh new content mm -hmm. as a reason to subscribe. But mm -hmm. yeah, like don't be afraid of asking more than once, essentially. I think that if you're going to have a second channel, it should be a very clearly different content format to what's going on your main channel so that there is that reason to be doing it. And that's going to be clear to your audience as well, right? Like it can't just be clear to you. It has to be clear to your mm -hmm. audience why it's separate. So my second channel has its own brand. It's still using all my colors, like my purple and things like that. But <laughs> That's so signature. You could not use it. 
Imagine if I did something and it wasn't purple. That would just be I weird. Know. <laughs> yeah, that couldn't be Charlie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looks like her, but the color is red and she doesn't use Ooh, red. Never. So. <laughs> yeah. Only for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that was three takeaways specifically, but those are the main things I would say to look out for is the, the reason for doing it, having it look and feel different, making the ask. And also just like being prepared for it to feel disappointing when you launch something. And like, if I'm looking in my analytics right now, YouTube does this thing where it shows how the, your latest video is performing compared to others. And it's showing me that this latest clip I've published is like doing best out of the last 10 videos. And what's best is that it's had like 43 views since it was published a couple of hours ago. And that on my main channel is like, would be at least several hundred you know, in a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. So just be prepared for that difference and like try not to judge one against the other. They mentioned Sean McCabe in there in the clip. And it's worth noting that Sean actually has a business that is selling you the idea that chopping your content up into small clips and reusing them is good for your self-image or your brand extension or whatever. The evidence, as you can tell by Charlie's comments, are is not very good so far. But at the same time, some people do that manually so you might want to just pay someone to do it for you and i think it does make sense if done well uh, otherwise just don't even bother Curious though, do you, Charlie, do you have a timeline of like evaluating it or goals centered around different time? Like, no, I feel like I'm pretty committed to this second channel now. I'm like, something would have to go terribly wrong for me to be like, okay, well now I'm putting it all back again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm just going to like make it work, whatever. And I'm trying to in general mm -hmm. have the approach of maybe decentralizing a bit my content in that this podcast, for example, people can watch it on YouTube. They could go to the website insidemarketingdesign.co. They could get it in their podcast app if they want. And that is like, you know, a totally different format to just listen to the audio. And obviously downloads there don't count towards the YouTube view count. So I'm just trying to like embrace that and take the approach of like, let the people find the content wherever it suits them best. And I will try my best to get it in front of the right people. However, that needs to happen. I love that. I think the only other question I have for you, Charlie, is I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody maybe considering this or mm -hmm. that has considered this in the past. And is this something that is a, a lot more time consuming to do it this way? Or is it just logistically in a different place, but maybe about the same amount of work? Or what sort of sacrifice goes into doing it this way mm. as opposed to having it all in one place is what I'm trying to get at, I guess. Yeah, I guess the like time it takes to upload a video or whatever is the same on from one channel to another. Mm -hmm. 
But what you're losing in having two channels is that when you're fueling and like pushing promotion towards a video on one channel, it's not necessarily helping the other, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's like the time consuming part is like, I have to put energy into fueling both channels and like promoting both channels because one doesn't automatically leave the other. There's obviously things I'm doing to try and make that yeah. connection. And, um, you know, I have them both linked on, on all the, ch all the places or whatever, but that's the reality of it. Maybe I would say, I wouldn't recommend people even start thinking about this unless their content is very different, like a completely different niche, or they have like over a hundred thousand subscribers already. I think under that, you're better to put all your fuel into the one place to like fan the flames and keep the fire going. That is my stake in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's the clip. I think definitely it's a trend that I see a lot of creators doing. And it's not just YouTube, of course. It's also Twitter across to a newsletter and newsletter back to Twitter or video back to Twitter or Instagram across to YouTube or TikTok. Um, there's a lot of question about how you syndicate your content. One of the related episodes that you might want to check out is episode 95 from May 17th of this year on this podcast on why creator clones fail. And it's about MKBHD and why he started a second YouTube channel as well for his own podcast. So uh, that's a related topic. But I've also started to see that coming out more from YouTubers like uh, Ali Abdal. And I just think it's an interesting pattern. <laughs>